0: If you have your Bible tonight, you can turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 12. Follow along in your copy of God's Word, and I'll read verse 12 through verse 21 from the English Standard Version. 2 Peter 1.12 Therefore, I intend always to remind you Of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have, I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. And verse 16 says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, And the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. For we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention Now, go back to verse 12, where Peter says, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Peter's writing to believers, and evidently he thought it was worth reminding them, but I think it's interesting that he says, I intend always to remind you, which I don't think is contingent upon them reaching some level of maturity, whether they're mature or not. <laughs> I think what he's intending is to always remind them. And that's a, that's a lesson to us that, that we need to be reminded of the truth of God's Word. But what is it he's reminding them of? What is it? Uh, it's these uh, here's, a, here's a great answer a, a kind of an answer you'd get from a, your dad uh, what, what are you reminding me of these things these things I'm reminding you of these things as believers uh, we are often like little children constantly getting distracted you ever notice that about youngsters it's, they're easily distracted conveniently forgetting what they're supposed to be doing. And we're like that. <laughs> we're, we're like that. We're, we're big little children who are easily distracted by the cares of this world, forgetting what we're supposed to be doing. But unlike little children, and God knows this, our lives can be full of not little distractions, big distractions. big, And, and not necessarily um, unworthy Distractions, important things that are big things to us, big things in our lives, big things in the people's lives that we love, important things, challenging things, things that are easily pulling us away from and could pull us away from what's most important to pay attention to. And so we need to be frequently reminded, I think that's one of the reasons God's Word says, it teaches us to preach the Word, be, be instant in, in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort, and, and do it with patience. Why? Because God's people will always need to be reminded. So Peter declares in verse 12 that he's ready to remind those he's writing to of these qualities, these things, these, these qualities. What are these qualities that he's referring to? Well, specifically, he's pointing back to the qualities mentioned in the previous verses, and we're going to look at them in a moment. He's pointing back to what he's just talked about. But in general terms, he wants his readers to remember all that he's taught in them, all that he's written, all these specifics, all of these things that really weren't his words. These are writings inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he wants him to re, wants these believers to remember these things. And, and God wanted this in his word for believers in this day to be reminded to remember these things. Verse, uh, verses 3 through 11 go over the specifics of this passage that he wants them to remember. We've looked at these in previous weeks, but um, let's go and look at them again just briefly here. Go back to verse 3. What are these qualities? His divine power, says verse 3, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence do you see a do you hear a, a tie in to proverbs 10 that i just read a few moments ago his divine powers granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through what "...the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence." Verse 4, "...by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires." For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if, here we go, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective, Or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So these qualities, you've heard it, you've heard it several times here. These qualities Peter wants to remind his readers of are all tied to a knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that knowledge we gain from his word. That knowledge we gain through faith in Christ. It begins with our faith in Christ. And then the knowledge should just keep increasing and growing. We should keep growing up and growing up. We never stop growing up in Christ this side of heaven. Now, who is this to? Peter's writing to believers. Believers who, I think it's interesting, already know these things. Look at verse 12 again. Therefore I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. It wasn't like they had never heard these things. He knew they had them. These were truths that they had heard and learned. But he knows they need to be reminded. These believers already know these things, but... Peter's reminding them in in any way. Note that Peter's addressing people who have knowledge of the truth. He's also reminding believers who have been established in the truth. I don't think it was that they weren't growing. I think he saw sparks of life, signs of growth, and he's encouraged by that. But he knows that growth doesn't happen accidentally. Believers who have been established in the truth, still need to hear the truth. You get the sense here that these are well-grounded people, so believers who have been grounded in and established in the truth of God's Word still need to be reminded. It, it's a challenging and encouraging lesson to me as I get to preach and teach to you often that I, can, I get to tell you the same things you've heard before, and that's Okay. It's absolutely necessary, in fact. It's a clear reminder that we should never become complacent with our level of spiritual maturity. Be very careful that you don't catch yourself thinking, I've finally arrived, I can finally hit cruise control, and I'll be just fine. I think about that cruise control uh, often your your life is not like that where you can hit a button uh, like you do on the steering wheel of your car and and be taken on cruise control or if you've got one of these uh, you don't have one of these new cars that's all electric and and you know starts and stops and turns and all that we have a car right now that we like to come back and forth to church. The back way, we call it. It's very hilly and twisty and windy. I like to hit cruise. And going downhill, it'll even slow me down to keep me on speed, which is really cool. I used to have a car that it would not do that. And you'd go faster and faster and faster. You get to the bottom of the hill, and then, it's, and then you'd slow down because the cruise turned off as you were going downhill. It's like, what in the world? Your, your life is not like the car that can be controlled with a, with a button. You can't just sit back and relax about your spiritual maturity. Every seasoned saint needs to be reminded and reminded and reminded. And maybe i replace the word reminded with encouraged. And encouraged and encouraged with the truth of God's Word. You need to be reminded of the fundamentals of the faith. Don't ever move away from the truth of God's word or, or the fundamentals of the faith you know we should also be working toward being firmly established in the truth that we have you see that here that they were firmly established in the truth that, they, that you have we, we ought to want to be those people who are firmly established in the truth that we, that we possess that God has given us in his word and he, and he helps us hide in our hearts that we might not sin against him don't neglect the basics of Bible reading and, and prayer and being with God's people and, and putting yourself under the biblical preaching of the Word, encouraging one another and serving one another, serving the Lord as part of God's church. So here we have these lessons from Peter, the, uh, Peter's reminders. Now let's look at why these believers need to be reminded. Why? Why do they need to be reminded? Peter says, it's the right thing to do. (laughs) It's right. Look at the first part of verse 13. Peter says, I think it right. It's the right thing to do. You cannot go wrong by reminding one another of the truth of the Scriptures. You can't go wrong doing that. You know where we can go wrong? is when we start to make it up <laughs> and we start to do things our way instead of God's way and we think that by by checking boxes on our to-do list of spirituality that we'll be okay in God's economy of spirituality but we must pay attention to the fundamentals of God's word it's the right thing to do you cannot go wrong doing that it's the truth of the word that should be guiding our whole lives there, there shouldn't be an area of our lives that escapes the authority of Scriptures. It cannot. It should not. We shouldn't allow it. That's why I will keep saying that we need to be centered on the Word, and the Word is what will center our lives. It's right to remind one another of the truth. It's the right thing. Now, to what end? What end is it worthwhile to be reminded of the truth? Note that Peter says it, it's going to stir them up. It will stir them up. Look at verse 13. To stir you up by way of reminder. To stir you up by way of reminder. Have you had this happen to you? That you've come to church in all innocence, expecting to have another Sunday service together at church, and you leave different because you got stirred up by something the Holy Spirit poked you about (laughs) that the preacher pointed to in your Bible. Or maybe the preacher didn't point to it and the Holy Spirit still brought the truth to light that he wanted you to get from that passage. Peter wants his readers to be fully awake, fully ready for faithful action. I appreciate uh, Bible commentator Matthew Henry and how he puts it, This way, he says, we need to be put in mind of what we already know. I think he's saying we need to be reminded. We need to be put in mind of what we already know to prevent our forgetting it and to improve our knowledge and to reduce all to practice or obedience. Right? Obedience. Peter was also reminding them because his time was short. He knew he could stir them up with the truth, reminding them of the truth. The Holy Spirit would take that truth and stir in them the things that the Lord wanted them to do and how they they should obey. But he also knew his time was short. His time was limited. Peter reminds his readers of the truth because he knows his time is short. Again, in verse 13, Peter says, as long as I am in this body. And may that be true of every teacher of the word, preacher of the word, every believer. Really? That should be true of every every believer, that as long as we're in these bodies, we should be dedicated, devoted to reminding each other of the truth, encouraging each other with the truth. As long as I'm in this body, he says, our bodies are temporary, aren't they? Peter knows his time on earth is limited. He wants to maximize his time. Peter says in verse fourteen, Since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. You you don't have eternity on earth. <laughs> you don't have eternity in this life as you know it. You realize that? If your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, you do have an eternity with him. And what an eternity that will be. But your time here, as long as the Lord tarries and as the Lord as long keeps giving you another breath and another day, that time is actually pretty short. Peter was realizing that. He wanted to make the most of it, which I think is an encouraging challenge to us. Are we making the most of the time that God is giving us? To bring glory to him, to point people to Christ, to grow in Christ, to walk with Christ in his word. As Peter says, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon. So remind each other of the truth. Be about knowing God's word reading God's Word, hiding God's Word in your heart, shaping your life, your mind, your thinking, by the Word of Truth. And let the Word of Truth flow from you and be an encouragement to others. Remind one another of the truth. One of the easiest ways to do this is to teach the Word. And if if you're ever asked if you would like to teach a Sunday school class, do it. <laughs> because you will, you will start learning like you've never learned before as you begin to prepare to teach others. And it's a It's a wonderful opportunity to remind people of the truth. You're not going to reinvent the wheel. You're not going to tell people things they've never heard before. But you might show up in their life at just the time they need to hear the truth that you're reminding them of. Peter's also reminding them because if he did, in the future, they would call these things to mind. I can tell you, I've repeated things that I have heard over the years, that have stayed with me like nothing else. It's incredible how God will use the preaching and the teaching of His Word to implant a a seed of thought to help our spiritual lives grow, and we'll keep it there. I hope that's true of you. So in the future, He knew, if He reminded them now, He knew that in the future, they would call these things to mind. Or the Holy Spirit would call them to mind for them. (laughs) Peter's final reason for reminding them of of the truth is found there in verse 15. And I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. It's one of the reasons I keep saying devote yourself to lifelong Bible reading. Because as you read God's Word, God will help you treasure His Word, love it, hunger for it, thirst for it. He'll help you hide it in your heart. He will bring it back to mind when you need it most. You may know the truths that you're hearing. You may know the truths of God's Word. You may get yourself to church to hear the teaching of the Word, but you must be reminding yourself and each other for these truths to be effective and powerful in your lives. I think that's why it's critical to make Time in your busy schedules to open the Bible and to search out the truths and apply the truths of God's Word to your daily living. Unless you're intentional with your spiritual life, you will not grow. As I said earlier, spiritual growth will not happen by accident. It will not happen on cruise control. And you won't be guarded from temptation. And you will not be guarded even from false teaching, which is... Uh, where we kind of began this this series as a connection to our series in Jude on Sunday mornings. We need to be guarded from false teaching. We need to be guarded by the truth of God's Word. And so we need to center ourselves on the truth and with the truth of God's Word and devote ourselves to the reading of it, the living of it, the applying of it to our own lives so that in the future we'll call to mind these things that we're being reminded of when we need them most. In verses 12 through 15, you see the need to be reminded of the truth. Don't ever tire of being reminded. Ask the Lord to help you to not tire of being reminded. Be very careful you don't play this in your head as you hear something, someone teaching you or preaching to you that, oh, I've heard that before, I don't, you know, I've heard that already. Be really careful. The Lord need, the Lord wants you to hear these things again and repeatedly hear them. So verses twelve through fifteen, you see those the need to be reminded of the truth. Next, in verses sixteen through nineteen, you can see the need to remember. You need to be reminded, and you need to remember. It seems obvious, doesn't it? But let me let me clarify here. What do you need to remember? I would suggest that what we see here in the passage is you need to remember the majesty of Christ. The majesty of Christ. Think of the Lord Jesus Christ and how majestic he is in his sacrifice for sinners. We think of his majesty often in the, in, uh, we think it's so, so majestic of, uh, that he came to earth as a baby. God in, in human flesh. That is incredible. It is incredible. And we celebrate that. But then he lived a sinless life, and then he was a human sacrifice for your sins. Think of the majesty of Christ. Look at verses 16 through 18 again, because Peter got to see the Lord Jesus Christ's majesty in a special way that you and I will not get to see until until we get to see him face to face. And then we'll see. Verse 16, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths, when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very voice from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. Paul, or Peter, he's recalling something he, he would never forget. <laughs> he's recalling the time when he was in the presence of Christ in all his glory. And Peter asserts that he witnessed firsthand the majesty of Christ. And he makes it clear that he isn't simply a... he's not. Uh, he, he wants to dispel this myth that he's a skilled storyteller. He was not making this up. This happened. And he saw the majesty of Christ. And in verse 17, Peter's referring to the transfiguration of Christ. In fact, let's, let's take a moment and look at it. Matthew 17, if you want to keep a finger here in 1 Peter, go, to, go back to Matthew 17. We see the transfiguration of Christ. We'll see what Peter saw. Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here. One for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Basically, three tabernacles. Three places we can worship. Verse 5 says, He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came, verse verse 7 But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. I was reading rereading my notes for today, this afternoon. As I come back, I, I go home in the afternoon, I think about what I'm going to teach tonight, preach tonight. I was thinking about the connection to what we were thinking about this morning. Do not pass, do not go beyond Jesus. Stop at Jesus. Do not go beyond. Here it is. Peter, all well-intentioned. Hey, let's make tabernacles for you, Jesus, and for Moses and Elijah. And at the end, who is it that remains? It's Jesus only. And Peter saw the majesty of Jesus. And we can't see that majesty right now, but we can see it described for us in the Scriptures from Genesis 1 all the way to the end of Revelation, the majesty of Jesus. Peter got this visual manifestation of Christ in His glory, as well as this audible approval of the Father And uh, you can count on it. Peter didn't ever forget this. But now, now you and I weren't there to see Christ transfigured as Peter was. But we should still be filled with awe at who Jesus is. Amazed by His majesty. Humbled by His majesty that He, the sinless God in human flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, would sacrifice himself at the hands of cruel sinners so that other cruel sinners could be forgiven their sins when they trust in him. You can see the majesty of Jesus if you'll read his word, if you'll read your Bible and pray. God promises to help you understand and see who he is. And when you reflect on Peter's account of his experience, you can look forward to that day when you, you're going to see Jesus in all his glory. You'll see the majesty of Jesus one day face to face. Until then, we, we're we blessed to have the word. and the And get this, we have the Lord Jesus Christ dwelling in us. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have him in you. So you need to be reminded. You need to remember... And now let's consider what you need to recognize. You need to recognize. Recognize what? That the Word is certain. That the Word is certain. Peter points us next to the reliability of the Word of God. In verse 19 he says, And we have the prophetic Word more fully confirmed. There's some of the majesty of Jesus. You need to recognize the authority of God's Word. God's Word is certain. It will never change. And Peter's experience of the transfiguration reminded him of God's written Word, where the validity of God's written Word was reaffirmed by Moses and by Elijah and by God the Son and by God the Father. How incredible is that? And we're going to see in verse 21 that the Holy Spirit, through human authors, wrote the word for us to read. God spoke to us through human author, authors so that we could read his word and see the majesty of Jesus and be forever changed and, and always changing. So recognize also that the word shines in darkness. talked this morning about shining like the star pointing the way to Jesus, the Word does that in your heart. Peter challenges you here to be sure to pay attention to the Word. Why? The darkness of the world can overcome you if you're not filled with the light of truth. The darkness of the world can overcome you, but not when you're paying attention to the light of the Word. Look at verse 19 again. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Listen, the only thing that separates you from the darkness of the world is, Is the bright light, the morning star of God's Word. You have a treasure to behold, and you have light to guide you every day. The morning star of God's Word. You also need to recognize the Word is divinely inspired. The Word shines in darkness, it is also divinely inspired. Look at verses 20 and 21 again. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's the inspiration of the Scriptures. Peter affirms here the Scriptures are not the work of men, but the result of God choosing to use men to speak through them who were moved along and carried along by the Holy Spirit to pen the things that God would say to us in His Word. The word carried along here means moved like a ship by the wind. By the wind. If there's no wind, you can set your sails if you want to, but you're not going anywhere. And the Word of God was not carried, carried along by the will of men. It was carried along by the will of God. By the Holy Spirit of God moving in the hearts of men to produce the Scriptures. God is the source of the Scriptures, not the writers. That's why this is so important that we center our lives on the Word. Because this is like no other book. The Bible is God speaking to you. God's Word is He wanted written. He inspired men to write it, and it wasn't something left to their own interpretations. And Peter's trying to make that clear. The Bible is God speaking to you. That's why you need to feed on the bread and the milk of the Word. The bread and the milk of the Word come directly from God's table. Think of that. You sit down to a meal with God when you open the Bible. And His food is good. <laughs> God's Word is good. The Scriptures are the very words of God Himself. Don't ever forget that. Remind yourself of that every day. Make an appointment with yourself to read the Scriptures every day. God's speaking to you. So read and feed on the Word. Daily reminding, remembering, and recognizing the Word of God speaking to you. Saturate your life with the word. Humble yourself before it. Submit your life to it. We heard about the wisdom of the wise who go, who, who, who go after a, pleasing their, their father in Proverbs 10. Listen to Psalm 1. You're familiar with it, but, but listen to it as I remind you of what it says. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit In its season, and its leaf does not wither, in all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Treasure God's Word treasure the wisdom of God's word. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. May that be us. May that be God's church, God's people, reminding ourselves of the truth, reminding one another of the truth. never forgetting the wonderful truths of God's Word and the majesty of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Recognize the Word of God as God speaking to you. Remember the truth. Remind yourselves of the truth every day and be forever changed and encouraged and strengthened with the wisdom of God's Word.